Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. How you doing, Ed? I'm good, Brian. It's uh, it's the weekend, and I'm on a extended weekend. So, I mean, how could you possibly complain about that? I'm telling you, you know, like I look forward to weeks. I mean, I look forward to most days because I'm a bit of a workaholic. But I would definitely say that, you know, the idea that I get to use the weekend is kind of like a recharging of my batteries and really, like, you know, just kind of help me get prepared for the next week. I mean, is that, is that kind of what you do? Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, no, I've been doing homework and then podcast prep. And the only bad thing about this weekend is my, my wife is working all weekend. So it's just me and the, and the poodle. So, <laughs> and I did get some bike mileage in. So I just want you to be tracking. I'm at 90 miles for the week on an exercise bike and I took a whole day off. So just so you know, I'm getting in miles. Oh, is that a <laughs> challenge? Did you just throw a challenge out to me? I, I'm after 3,000 this year. So. You're trying to beat mine. I was just going to do 2019. All right. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Step up, man. Step up. <laughs> step it up. Well, you know, the reason why I wanted to, you know, kind of like, you know, ask you about like what you're doing for the weekend and stuff is really is the basis of our show today. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this one because I think this is more about self-improvement for better influence than it is, you know, and, and you can use it and help others, you know, down the road. But I feel like this is really about self-improvement to help you become a better influencer um would you agree on that or what do you think so i agree and this is what stood out so while i'm doing my show prep this is what really stood out because aren't we really talking about today something that plays into self-awareness self-regulation yeah are those terms familiar always because they're part of emotional intelligence another episode so i, I kind of like the way it all ties in together yeah it does and but the, the, this is the deal with emotional intelligence. We, I, mean, I think we mentioned it a little bit in the emotional intelligence show if, of it. You'd have to be self-aware of your emotions in addition to others. Because if you're not, then really it's just, you know, you're not going to understand it. You're going to spiral out of control at some point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So today's show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, uh, we're going to talk about self-reflection and fl- how influence uh, is a major part of reflection because what we don't realize is sometimes we are in the rat race or we're just getting it, getting it, getting it, but we never take the time to analyze, uh, what has happened behind us. We often do this in the army. We use a process after major events or even smaller events. Sometimes we call it the AAR or the after action review. And I'll tell you, Earlier on in my career, I thought, oh, this is just useless. This is stupid. But as I've kind of grown and learned, I've I've helped myself adapt to realize that this really helps me along. Um, let me ask you, Ed, when, when you started actually effectively using AARs, where did you see growth? So one thing is, you know, you'll, you'll do, let's say you do a vacation, uh, and you're just going like me. I used to drive from Fort Hood, Texas, back home to Maryland. 
and things along the way would go right. Some things would be awesome. You know, hey, we stayed in this cabin in Tennessee. That's a good thing. Well, that's just an AR. Hey, what was supposed to happen? What went well? Well, those cabins went well. So the next time we go to Maryland, we're going to try to make it to those cabins and stop. Well, what didn't go as well? Well, we ate at this restaurant and, you know, and it caused some intestinal concerns or <laughs> so you really, you may not call it an AAR, but you can apply it to the simplest thing. Just a trip. Um, you know, with, with all the travel my wife and I are trying to do while we're here in Europe and take advantage very much. We're like, okay, we did, we went to Berlin by bus. Eh, but we want to go back to Berlin. Let's go by train. Let's try to train because the bus, this is the things that were wrong. You know, the bathroom was small and, and you know, you're cramped or whatever. So we did AR on our trip to Berlin to improve for the next time we go. Well, that's awesome. But, it, but that was together too, right? Well, I, I take command in all the No, it was together. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but you guys had a conversation, but, let me ask you this, and and I'll go with what I've often done. I don't want to see what you do, but I've had, like, say I had a conversation with someone, and it didn't go the way I wanted it to. I will repeat that conversation in my head sometimes, and then I will be like, oh, I should have said this, or, oh, man, I should have I should have told him this, or I should have done that. And I create, like, this, I, almost like I, I do a replay in my mind about it and think about how I could have changed things. And sometimes I get to act upon it, and sometimes I don't. Do you, do you kind of do the same thing ever? This week, uh, I shared a story with you earlier. You know, it was an opportunity at work, and in hindsight, you know, I look back, and I'm like, oh, I should have handled it a little bit differently. You know, when I was speaking to this person, I should have really said, you know, these things. And I'm going to tell you that since I left work two days ago, it's actually been weighing on me a little bit that I feel like I just didn't handle it as well as I should have. And I've actually thought about going in Tuesday morning and going to my supervisor and say, hey, I didn't handle that right. You know, like I own that and all I can do is apologize for it, really. But, yeah, just this week. <laughs> well, I would definitely say from our conversation, too, I would say that I don't think you were in the wrong. I I just think you maybe you thought you could have done something a little bit more to help the situation. But, it, hey, listen, I'm happy for you, and I hope things work out great with that. But, yeah, and, and those are the – but that's the thing. It's like it's funny how we will do those things, and those help us out as we go along because then we think about our statement that we're going to make to somebody or how we're going to talk to them about it. you know. And then there's sometimes that people, they do that same thing, and they fester. And they allow – like they were angry at someone, and, or they got in an argument with someone, and they – they create that argument, recreate it in their mind, and they how they could have said this, and then they hold that, and they hold it, and it allows them to create like some type of like animosity or anger towards someone. And then when they see that person again, and that person's nice to them, sometimes they blast on them, sometimes they completely forget what they did. But it's just there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it in a sense if you think about it. Yeah, no, I agree, and. And you can damage relationships long term with that too, because you hold on to those things and you're like, I should have done this and da da da. And then down, you know, you see that person again and your interaction might still be kind of sour because you're holding on to that uh that resentment. You didn't handle it the way you wanted to. And then, you know, big thing, like, all right, so I didn't handle it the one uh, way I wanted to. Now how can I handle it to move on? So, you know, let's say me and you have a conversation and I didn't and we're talking about uh, tasking, and I didn't handle that tasking conversation well. 
but I can come back to you Monday and say, you know, uh, Brian, like, you know, I, I don't think I made a valid point. Honestly, I just don't understand. And then be honest and own it. And then you'll give that guidance and we'll say, okay, now I get it. But if you just let it fester, then, you know, I feel like, oh, he took my power away. And then come Monday, I'm still festering over it. Now I feel like you don't respect me as a leader because you took my power away on Friday. But in reality, it was just a misunderstanding. You know what I mean? Breakdown of communication, which we've talked about the importance of that before. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So audience, what we're going to get into is basically it's it's about self-reflection and the influence it has upon not only us, but others. Um, we're pulling a lot of data, a lot of information off di- so a couple of different websites, but primarily we, uh, we wanted to share with you uh, what Tracy Kennedy wrote in lifehack.com. Um, her article title, and I'll make sure I put it in the show notes, is how self-reflection gives you a happier and more successful life. Because if you think about it, that's the goal of influencers is to be a little bit happier and a little bit more successful. And it could be successful in your day-to-day operations. It could be successful with your family life. It could be with uh, friends and uh, maybe it could be, you know, with those you're trying to influence, whoever it is, you know. So that's where we want to go with this. And right off the bat, you know, she gets into it. She goes through some really good information, but she right off the bat, she talks about what is self-reflection. And let me just read this real quick as what she has. Self-reflection is defined as meditation or serious thought about one's character, actions, and motives. It's about taking a step back and reflecting on your life, behavior, and beliefs. Uh, Ed, when we think about that, you know, like taking that step back, to reflect on our life, our behavior, and beliefs. What comes to mind for you? The the old army saying, fire and forget, because that's absolutely what you're not talking about. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times you'll do something, you'll say something, you'll react a certain way, and then you just forget about it. So sometimes, you know, with self-reflection, you have to understand, why did I do that? You know, what was the mistakes I made? And look into yourself um, to find those things. Yeah, and, and you know it's and and, you, and you're talking when you talk like that, it that hits upon each one of those areas: life, behavior, and beliefs. You know, because our behavior, I'm, I mean, there are times I'm I will admit it. There are times that I have reacted to something, and I I thought back about it in my mind, and I was ashamed of what I did or my behavior at the time. You know, or how I was so strongly in a belief that I had about a situation that I may have treated somebody negatively or I may have used words I shouldn't have. You know, um, I mean, it, those are the times also where, you know, I, I since I've gotten older, I know I, I like to try to go back and make an apology to that person and talk about it with them because I, I've realized that, you know, using negativity whatsoever with anybody you're not building any type of relationship whatsoever. You're just, it's its going to end. But yeah, so what reflection is. And, and, you know, I mean, you know what's key too is, you know, a lot of successful people, they use self-reflection in multiple ways. Uh, and we're probably, we're going to hit upon those uh, as we go through these different elements of self-reflection. What do you have about, just in general, about self-reflection that just off the top of your head? You know, when I look at it, I'm looking at a, um, I'm looking at something that could lead to a successful marriage. If you ask me, taking that second, thinking things through with some more detail, you know, uh, 
I, I, that's what I'm looking. I'm looking at that um, serious thought about your character, actions, and motives. So, you know, like if you have an argument with your spouse, like what is the real reason behind that argument? Is it just you had a bad day at work and you brought it home? And self-reflection would help you identify those type of things. So I see some keys to a good marriage. You know, it's funny you said that. Uh, so we've talked about it before, and this is before I moved. You know, I moved um, back uh, summer of 2018. And before, I was driving an hour to work and an hour home. And the hour to work was more like I would listen to uh, I listen to talk radio, podcasts, sometimes music, and, you know, I'd be singing along. And, whew, that was horrible. Uh, but <laughs> I would <laughs> – see? Took you a minute, didn't it? Um, but when I was coming home, I was doing more self-reflection than, I, and sometimes I wouldn't even have the radio on. There, there, it would be total silence because I'm thinking in my mind about the actions that took place, and partly was because I was always told um, early on in uh, in my in my military career that you cannot take the army home with you. You're, you're still in, but you can't take it with you because then you're going to you're going to treat your family like they're in and they're not really in they just they're just uh a part of it but they're not in and so i used to use that and it really it, i mean it helped me out and it helped me learn how to completely segregate it and so it was always funny and my wife when she hears this she'll laugh about it well i'd sit down maybe eat some dinner or whatever and and she would say well how's your day and my comment no matter what always was Oh, it was just a regular day. And that was it. Because I had already processed everything that happened before I got home. And now we can de- we can talk and develop our conversation upon our family. And we're not concentrating on the work side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. You know, so when you made that long drive, I was not envious. But now that you say that, like, that long drive, it really, um, no, it makes sense. It definitely uh, makes sense. And then it kind of kind of goes along with something I do. So lately I've been, you know, I go to the gym, it's like 30 minutes away music going to the gym to get, you know, to get hyped up for the gym, but coming back a lot of times I listen to a podcast or I might listen to nothing at all, or I might listen to some more, you know, soothing, calmer music. And I really think about, okay, this is what went on yesterday at work. Here's what I need to get done today. So that's, so I didn't even realize I was really doing a little bit of this uh, self-regulation right now, every day. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is you've probably seen some type of improvement somewhere in life because of your, you're effectively using it. But this is what's cool. We're going to go through ways that you can improve it yourself. Um, but let's first, I want us to talk about what happens when we don't use self-reflection. You know, what happens in our lives when we don't use it? Uh, One of the things is we continue running on this treadmill of life, right? And we're running on this treadmill, but we're going nowhere. All we're doing is we're putting in work. We're exhausting our energy uh, that we have, and we're just going, 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 going. But we're really going nowhere, and it's it's the that that mentality of, well, I just got to keep up. I just got to keep up. I don't have time to do that because I just got to keep up. I got to keep up. You see what I'm saying? Hey, there's a quote there. You, you, we talked about it earlier. You want to read that quote for the audience? Yes, I love this quote. <laughs> Insanis, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, but expecting different results. 
I'm telling you, man, doesn't that speak volumes? Yes, absolutely. I that is, I mean, it, it per, to me, it perfectly explains insanity. And, and I, I think we've all done it. We've all done something where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm be honest with you. Like my previous marriage, I, fight, 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 argue, 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 and expect things to be better on the other side. And then it continues fight, 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 argue, argue, argue. And it was a process. And, and, and I just allowed myself to stay in it. So I'm absolutely, I can see where this, uh, plays in like that that was i mean until one point i just said you know i this is i can't i'm going crazy well i was going crazy you know it was the definition of insanity at that point yeah i mean because you're going through the same patterns over and over again and that's the crazy thing even as an influencer as an influencer what we do sometimes is we go through those same patterns we use the same methods every single time without putting thought into them without saying hey this didn't work every time. Why didn't it work during this time? Why didn't it work during that time? And then we can reevaluate and then we can adjust those gears to tighten up that, that shock group as we, because that's what we call it. We tighten up our shock group. We want to get all, all three rounds right inside of a dime size little, uh, or a quarter, you know, that, I mean, that's what we do. So listeners, there are many of you that are military, and that, but there are some out there. When we, when we go to the range and we're trying to zero in our weapon, we take that weapon, we sit at about a 25-meter uh, target, and we shoot at a very small silhouette. And that small silhouette also has a small circle in it that's about the size of a quarter or so. Well, our goal is to shoot three rounds within that circle and then to shoot another three rounds close to within that circle. But sometimes when we shoot those rounds, they could be way off to the bottom left of the, of the paper or the upper right or the upper or they could be just left of the silhouette or just right of the silhouette and so what we have to do is now we have to do make adjustments so when we go we walk up to that target we look at it it tells shows us where the blocks are and it says all right you need to move your front sight post uh, up or you need to move your front sight post down or you need to move your rear sight post to the left or to the right and what that allows us to do is it our sights are being adjusted on what the where it's supposed to be on the target to get the proper effect of the bullet running through the uh, the actual target ourselves, and then sooner or later, and you know as we go through, because you get three rounds and you get three more rounds, they want you to be able to do it within nine to well nine to eighteen rounds is what they want you to be able to do it within. And some people they can do it really well with six rounds. Others it takes eighteen rounds. But that's the whole point is when you're going up and you're uh, you're looking at that uh, target, you're you're basically doing a reflection in itself on how do I adjust to be you know an effective shooter to be in a, you know to 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 engage this target effectively. So we make those adjustments and then we're at that point where our weapon is now zeroed to that distance. And then we're allowed to actually go onto a range and start engaging targets at further distance. But we would never be able to do that. There's no way. I, I don't know many people, and there are people that may be able to do this, but there's not many people that can just grab a weapon, go straight to a range, never touched it before, and then knock down all the targets. Have you ever seen that, Ed? The only person I've seen that can shoot even possibly like that might be John Rogers. <laughs> He's, he is good. You know, somebody <laughs> else that's really good. Um, and I don't think I don't know if John listens to this show, but uh, James Frost, yeah, that guy can 
That guy, he <laughs> can shoot. I'm going to tell you. He's a squirrel hunter, and if you've ever tried to shoot at a squirrel, it's not easy. Because um, when they get moving, if you're not if you're not, you know, dead on, but that guy can too. But, but that's what I'm saying. So we just named off two people we know, how many people we've met in the Army throughout our career. I'm not sure how many can actually, you know, do that. But that's, you know, that's a bit of an analogy of what reflection can be and how it can be effectively used, you know, but when we don't use it, what we do is we continue in the same old patterns that are probably not working, that are probably not effective. Um, and well, frankly, we, we've just created that what you read earlier, insanity, because we're doing the same thing over and over and expect we're going to get different results. So let's move on. We're going to talk a little bit more about the importance of self-reflection. You want to you kind of roll with this one real quick, Ed? Yeah, so a lot of people, self-reflection is not easy because you got to be honest with yourself, and sometimes you're going to have to spot flaws in yourself. Um, yeah. And, and part of that flaw is that you don't understand why you need to do self-reflection and what, what's it going to do for you. What's the payoff? So because you have that kind of attitude about it, you don't, really understand uh you don't you don't understand what it is and you don't understand how to do it so therefore you're missing that key piece that i think if you can discover how to properly self-reflect you will absolutely see an improvement in who you are as a person and especially as a leader you know and when you started saying all that stuff about you yourself have to you have to take a deeper look at yourself part of the problem there um it makes me think back to our um toxic influencers uh show yep and we talked about like we narcissists and just people that are tend to be toxic i mean and i'm gonna generalize this i i because that, that's what i've seen is people who tend to be toxic they don't know how to properly self-reflect because maybe they're narcissistic or you know or they think they can do no wrong and that so that could be a problem you know and i mean i i can tell you right now when i was younger I feel like I was one of those types of people that could not do a good uh, reflection on myself because I wasn't self-aware at all. I didn't have those emotional intelligence of self that we've talked about previously. Um, so, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think I, so I had a, I'm, so when I came into Arvin the very first time, yes, I would agree, but I had a leader that actually made me stand in front of a mirror and start naming weaknesses. And I'm like, what are you, what, what? I don't, I'm fine. But he was trying to get me to understand that we have to be able to critique ourselves and our performance. And, you know, I think that was excellent. And it helped me to understand kind of how to look at myself early. Now I'm a denial guy though. So sometimes, you know, I look and I'm like, well, um, so good example, when I was a young soldier, wasn't a sergeant yet, I found a way to get out of going to formations for physical training and I knew I was wrong. I knew it was not the right thing, but I just thought that sleep was a little more important to me at that point. And, you know, so when I look back, like I tell my wife, uh, when I look back at maybe my specialist in below days, my junior enlisted days, I tell her, like I was, I was, uh, what's the, what's a good term I could use on our show. Uh, I was garbage. I was not a good soldier. I believe I wasn't. Now the first time I was in, I was a, I was a stud in the field. Everybody loved me in the field, but 
And Garrus and I would get in trouble, you know, when we're back at the barracks and we're back in our motor pool, I would get in trouble a lot. So as a young soldier, I was, I was not a good young soldier. Um, but that self-awareness, self-reflection help with that. And then instead of saying, yep, I know I'm doing wrong, but I'm going to continue to, eventually that evolved to, okay, I need to fix this. And I think having a leader who screamed and shouted at me a lot, that helped too because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be that guy and I want to make a difference. And, you know, once you once you grab that and say, okay, now as a leader, I want to be a difference maker, that is the beginning of your self-awareness and your self-regulation. Yeah, uh, you know, and wouldn't you say, though, that it, it, that, that in itself helped you uh, with your your confidence and your self-esteem levels? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, like, I, as a young, even as a young leader at first, you know, you're very questioning of yourself. You're like, eh, I don't want, I hope nobody come and a, comes and asks me to adjust their uniform because you're not confident. But then when you do it and the soldier is like, thanks, you know, Sergeant, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe uh, during the inspection, somebody says, hey, your uniform looks really good to that person you help. That helps to build that confidence. But um, for instance, I had a lot of females in my my platoon and one female said, hey, sorry, can you take a look at my ribbons and help me fix them? Well, you know, with the female, like there's a whole touching thing and all this other stuff. So and they don't have pockets like the male to line up on their uniform. So I realized that this was a weakness and then I dig into regulation and the next time a female asked me to help with their uniform, then I know how to because I fixed it, you know, through that reflection. Like why why was I why did I really not want to help that soldier? Well, because I was afraid I didn't know what I was doing. All right, let's fix that. Yeah. So Yeah. So when so basically using that self-reflection, it allowed you to take further measures to become successful or you know, or to build up your confidence in adjusting to get the task done. Yep. You know, um, you know, one of the things though, we, uh, and, and, and some listeners out there may have this issue. I I've had it in the past or I've known people also where sometimes we can also over criticize ourselves and that can also be dangerous because then we've just become too critical and, and or, we get in our own minds or we get, you know, and, and our thoughts turn really negative towards self. And then it's like self-loathing self, you know, self, uh, I'm, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Eeyore. Just basically where we're, yeah, yeah. We're Eeyore. We're Eeyore. Exactly, man. Yeah. I'm not needed, you know, but, but we have to be careful about that. So, you know, realizing that, Hey, listen, I'm, and, and that's, you know, goes along with a, Hey, I'm a person of worth. I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a good person. You know, you using like words of affirmation also help out. And maybe we'll talk more about that on another show, but all right. So one of the things it does also, it allows us to like, it provides us with perspective. You know, we talked about this, uh, when we talked about resilience, you know, there was, there's a method we use called put it in perspective. Uh, it's the same thing with, you know, you know, this whole self-reflection is if you put things in perspective, it allows you to kind of really evaluate it. You know, self-reflection allows you to understand and see things from a different point of view. When we take a step back from a situation, you gain a, like a new understanding. Uh, you can see the whole picture or you just, you know, you you're like you're not just looking at pieces of the puzzle. You know, you become more open-minded of the situation. Yes. I would yes. definitely say that not only does that help with self, 
but also like say you're with a group of people and let's say you're one of the people within a group that's supposed to be making a decision. If, if during that point in time, you find yourself thinking about how does this affect me? You may be in the wrong mindset. You need to do a self-reflection because it's not about how it affects you unless it's Unless it's geared about you, you know, but if it's say it's making a decision about an organization or a group that you're a part of or a friendship, you have to look at as how does this affect what we're dealing with? And it allows you to look at that bigger, that bigger piece instead of just a little piece of the puzzle of me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No, I agree. And you know what it really reminded me of when you say put it in perspective? So if you look at that article that we looked at, it says, have you ever heard the saying, can't see the forest for the trees, correct? Yeah. So I'm sure sure you've heard it. Many of our listeners have heard it. So what that means to me is you're so involved that you don't see a big picture. So our one of our favorite books, The Dichotomy of Leadership, talks about owning it all but empowering others. And I think that's where put it in perspective comes in. So you want to own the situation, but you got to be able to step back. So that's why you have to. So I, I got to see the whole forest. I can't just worry about the trees in that, in that saying. So, and that's that put it in a perspective idea of um, the dichotomy between how much of it is me leading and being in charge and it's all mine and how much is it of me letting others run with something. So when you talk about leadership and influence, how much is too much involvement? And you have to be careful of that because that's what allows you to see the big picture and put things into perspective. And I think as junior leaders, that's one of the things we lack in the military is they don't see big picture. You don't really see big picture till you get to our level. Then you start really seeing the big picture stuff. And you start putting things in perspective. So the same thing when we talk about reflection and understanding here. With that in general, you know, not only will this self-reflection help in those areas, but also it allows us to respond in the right manner and not a, be a, a reactor. You know, uh, I used to tell people all the time, hey, listen, be proactive, not reactive. Proactive means I'm going to get ahead of the curve. I'm going to try to get things done. So I have to think through this. I have to try to prepare for the mission set or for the the, the task at hand instead of reacting to a situation that's brought to me. Because then I'm just putting out a fire and now I'm just going to I'm just using quick, quick reaction forces, which you build over time. And don't get me wrong. I think those skills are very good to have and they're good to hone. But at the same time, you also want to be able to reflect upon the things that are going on with yourself so you can make the needed adjustments that will allow you to improve. Because in many times when we react, we're not going to improve. We're just going to meet status quo. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, this is a, this is a great one because first of all, I hate being a react guy. I do not like when I'm given a task that's a reaction to something else, um, you know, that, that we knew was coming uh, along the lines. Because if you respond, if you're, if you know, you're through your self uh, reflection, you're able to respond early, then guess what? When Murphy shows his head, that's when you can react. But have an initial plan of what you're trying to accomplish, what the task is, what the mission is. Whatever, whatever the goal is for your group in an organization, understand it, figure out a way to get to that goal ahead of time, troubleshoot that goal so that you can say, okay, this could go wrong. How are we going to 
develop other courses of action for that goal so that you can eliminate some of that react. The react is going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Murphy's law is always going to be in effect. Something is going to, you know, something is going to happen. Oh, we've got the perfect plan and we're going to do this convoy uh, from this base to this base. And we're going to use this supply route. And then in the middle of the night, an insurgent blows up the bridge on that supply route, right? Like you don't find out to the next morning. Now your plan is, you know, different. You have, but you, you should have a contingency plan. And it's the same thing here through self uh, regulation, self reflection, be able to respond to something, not react. React is that last minute guy and it drives your subordinates nuts when it's a frequent uh, habit to be reactionary. They know, they know that you're a reactionary leader and it, they absolutely um, have a lot of disdain for that. And you're losing your leadership capital when you do it. So when we talk about that responding though, and, and, and how we do it, it doesn't. And what we're, we're not saying you don't react. You know, you, we said it multiple times there. You do have to react, but it's taking and figuring out how to take that small amount of time or however much time you need to reflect upon that situation. So the next time you can change whatever behavior you may have had in it or the decision process or how you went about for next time. Uh, with that, though, you know, there's multiple times that we, you know, we don't really understand, you know, how to take that, you know, that deeper level of learning from it. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. Many studies share the, uh, the common conclusion that self-reflection facilitates a deeper level of learning and understanding. All right. So it's a critical part of the education process. But then, you know, we've also found that, you know, that it's true in the work we do, you know, as of us as facilitators and trainers. Like, let's think about that. You and I, we both facilitated classes and we led soldiers at the same time. But, you know, when we did that class and we asked this particular question, but we got a really good reaction about this question and more people want to be involved. But then at another point, we we posed this question to the group and it was like crickets. So it's like, wait a second, I got a, lot, a good reaction. I need to ask more developmental questions like this here. And not worry so much about this one over here because we're not going to get the feedback we need. Or I need to shift the the one that didn't work to be to mimic the other one possibly. How would you? What, what do you think? Yeah. So on this one, um, you know, facilitates a deep deeper level of learning. So one of the things is you know you got those people who who are facilitators or, or instructors or whatever leaders, and they're just straight down the middle, same thing, whatever the book says, that's where I'm going with. But when you have this um, self-reflection and you understand, have awareness of yourself, you could look at ways, okay, that's not, that doesn't really fit my personality. So how can I make this more to my personality? Because I think I'll have a better connection with those that I'm trying to um, influence by doing that. So you have to be Oh, what's the word? Dynamic. You have to be dynamic. You can't be the same old boring, you know, plain oatmeal. Sometimes you got to throw a little cinnamon sugar in the oatmeal and make things happen. And the only way to understand that is through self-reflection and understanding. You know, I, one thing I used to teach the counseling class and they give us those examples, right? In the counseling, uh, in the counseling um, training support package. So, hey, these are the, these are the scenarios. Well, I was like, these are boring and unrealistic. So what I did is I started getting scenarios from my students, 
real world things they've seen, right? And we have a discussion about it. But while they're having their discussion amongst themselves about this scenario another student put out, I'm writing down details, not names, but the details of the scenario. Then the next class, I use those scenarios that I took from the previous class. So now these are things these students are saying, well, wait a minute, that's a, that sounds real. Oh, it is real. It's a real scenario that I've gotten over however many years of experience. They don't need to know it came from the last class, but it gets them more involved because it's realistic to them. You know, uh, when we show them training videos and people are still in the battle dress uniform, the old fatigues, those videos have no warrant to a student because they're like, come on, we're three uniforms later, two uniforms later. So as when you're trying to get that deeper level of learning, you got to figure out how to reach your students as adult learners. And that takes you understanding who you are and reflecting to get to understand who you are. And this better enables the lifelong learning of your students. You know, and, and another way to really look at this and to kind of understand the deeper look at it. For instance, we've talked about extreme ownership many times. Great book. We love it. Uh, and the way the chapters are busted up, it allows you to kind of pick up wherever you want and wherever you want type situation. If you're somebody who just reads this chapter, moves on to the next chapter, and don't think about that chapter, well, you're not really doing what would be considered a self-reflection or a reflection in general. But let's say you read that chapter and then you think a little bit about it and then you go back and maybe you, you want to look at you know, look at it one more time to kind of make sure you're, you're digesting the information. You're taking that moment to, you know, really understand it and, and to self-reflect, okay, how can I use this to improve? And that's really how doing the deeper look at is, you know, uh, but just moving on, you're getting in the rat race again. Right. And that doesn't work. Would you say, would you agree with that? Yeah, I like, I actually like the example you, so I'll usually if it's a leadership book or one of those type of um, business self-help books, I usually read it twice. The first time I just read it chapter by chapter by chapter, and, and I may make some mental notes. That second time, that's when the highlighter comes out. That's when I'm writing in the margin. That's when I'm tabbing it and, and put notes on the tab because I'm like, okay, I understand how this impacts. Oh, this is something, this is interesting you know, I've done this. Well, I need to work on this, whatever the notes are, but it helps because now it's a reference. It, you know, originally it's just a book. It's just a book. You read the chapters. It's just a book, but now it's so much more. It's a reference for you as a leader and influencer moving forward that you can say, you know, maybe you have a situation and it just clicks. Bam. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. And I can page back through that book. You know, one of them I have is uh, leadership lessons of the Hanoi Hilton. Excellent book. And there's a lot of stuff you can thumb through and go, okay, I can see how I can make this apply to this. You know, um, there's a reason Sun Tzu's The Art of War has been around this long because you can make it apply and it's been written into like a business book, right? This is here we have this book from the 1400s about uh, uh, fighting as a warrior, but you can take it and make it apply into the business world and you can use that as a reference and you can help that through, but you got to be able to reflect. You can't just read it and say, okay, I read, you know, Hey, I read Sun Tzu. Okay. Did you understand it? Did you find anything interesting? There's anything there that you can use that type of questioning is what helps you to improve. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, to kind of side note there, one of my goals for this year is, you know, reading a certain amount of books throughout the year. 
but when you said you you like to highlight or you like to mark up a book, I always hated writing in a book. <laughs> um, but so one of my goals in that reading thing is also to you know what, it's okay to pull out a highlighter. It's okay to underline some stuff because um, I that to me then I can always thumb back through and I find that content again, you know, and it helps me improve. But yep. let's also, yeah. let's, what's that? Well, before you go on, so you know what? Have you ever bought a book at our favorite place, McKay's bookstore, and it's already highlighted? Yeah, I, I got a ton of them like that. Do you read the notes? Do you read oh, what yeah, they yeah. highlighted? Oh, so yeah. I find it interesting because guess what you just did? Now, not only are you, you already have your self-awareness that you're working on because you're reading through the book and you're highlighting yourself. Now you can see what impact that book has had on somebody else and what they their thought process kind of was. Yeah, you know? get their perspective also. Interesting. I find it very interesting. Yeah. You know what else? Uh, a small side note is I also like it when like I'll open up a book and somebody's left a piece of paper in there and it was some notes about something. And then I'll literally sit there and think, I wonder what this was about. Or, you know, it's a note to somebody <laughs> saying, oh, I hope you like this and you'll enjoy it during your this class, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I always... I find you. I keep those things. I leave them in the book. Yeah, I actually found a map in the book, A Bridge Too Far, and it was a map of the location in Holland that the book is based on. I don't know if it was somebody in my mind. I'm like, oh, this is somebody who used the book to to tour the cities and go see the bridges because it is a little cut of a map from from that region. And I thought that was awesome. I've also found somebody's cable bill in one, one time. too. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So we're gonna move on a little bit more and we talked about it earlier, but how it improves your confidence and the reason it improves your confidence when you use the self-reflection in any manner, it improves your confidence because what you did is you're now evaluating what's working and what's not working. And then you can make better decisions off of that. When we do an AAR, an after action review, we often talk about what was supposed to happen, what actually happened, what went right, what didn't go so right, or and then what can we do better next time. A lot of times, the what we can do better next time is a mixture of what went right and what went wrong, but the more of what went wrong. And it allows us to build our confidence and become better. You know, for instance, when we do evaluations at the academy on soldiers giving physical readiness training to end out their evaluation they have to do an AAR when they do that AAR they're they're getting feedback from their peers and then they should generally be taking in that feedback so they understand what to do better next time so if they've uh if they've been practicing they'll know next time okay you know what I won't do this because it wasn't effective or I wasn't doing it correctly and it and they become better at it, and it builds their confidence. Now, some people they don't take con- uh, they don't take criticism or, or or constructive criticism or comments like that. They don't take it in a positive light because they're allowing it to be personal. And if you allow it to be personal, automatically, and and I know people, well, you know, everything we do personal or this or that. But if you allow, you know, professional situations or just any type of cr- criticism you know, that's constructive to be personal, you're not going to learn from it because now you've put up this wall, mm-hmm. this um, defensive barrier that you're not going to, you know, and you won't accept it and you won't increase knowledge or perspective from it. What do you say, brother? No, I, I agree. So I actually worked with a guy named Justin at the Academy. Um, and the one thing, one of the things that he used to say that I actually thought was he was trying to be funny. It wasn't as funny as he 
wanted it to be, but it was very spot on. And he used to tell the soldiers, now I want you to go down the clothing and sales and in there, go in and ask them where the alligator skin is because you need some tough skin because we're going to give you this feedback. And we, if you don't have tough skin, you're not going to develop from it. So he was spot on with that. Like you need, sometimes you got to put on that alligator hide and, and, and develop. It makes you better. So the ninja ate me up on evaluations, right? From time to time, whenever he would evaluate me, but you know, you learn from it. Uh, Mario, I used to evaluate Mario. This is what I always loved about Mario at the Academy. Every time I told Mario something when I evaluated him, the next time I evaluated him, he didn't do that. Whatever it was, whether it was, you know, pacing too much or if he put, uh, uh, you know, the way he says sergeant sometimes, you know, because he's from Chicago and sometimes he had this weird twang to it. But <laughs> Mario, every time, and I've told him this over and over, he did not make the same mistake that I got him for the last time. He developed, and and you're talking about a guy from you know from Chicago. He ain't known for being the most uh, uh, sensitive or or being the the most um, like letting his wall down. He's not known for that, right. but he did enough to learn because he legitimately wanted to be better, and and that's what it is. You got to be thick skinned because it's only going to make you better. Now, it's a big difference if they're just hacking on you because of stupid things and it's not stuff to develop you then i get it but a lot of times you know we're trying to develop people so you know um if you say something to them about you know crossing their arms and they're stand that then you know it gives the message you might be standoffish and they're like well i'm not standoffish well now you're just being defensive like, you know what i mean yeah. So you have to take those things in consideration and, and be like, you know what? Maybe I, I can see how that is. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you think about it, when you're doing the self-reflection and we're going to get further into the actual process of that here soon, but when you're doing the actual self-reflection, you're creating that um, self-awareness that you know and understand. The problem will be, though, where people, they'll pick it themselves to the point where it's like, they don't realize they need to ask the other question of, okay, was that really necessary to say that about myself or to think that about myself? Because sometimes they're overcritical. And and being overcritical of, of yourself will will create a weakness in you and in your in your confidence itself. Yes. But yes. let's say uh let let's say you're having a conversation with someone. Um and the conversation turns towards uh um let's say leadership right in your conversation you're defending the idea of the leader is always the person who uh, needs to be in charge of everything and all this and you have to you know basically you have to have hands on every single thing and then the other person their conversation of it is yeah i understand that but also you should be able to delegate and do this stuff but you're really really holding on tight to that but then you go back and you think about it. Well, you know, it did make a point. I am overworked or I, I, I'm a lot more tired or mentally drained. Well, right there alone, because you were able to assess what was said, self-assess what was said, you can now start making adjustments. But if you go back and you say those things to yourself and you and you say, well, you know what? That's just how it is. Or, or I'm just one of those people. You, you're actually going to kind of hurt yourself and you're not going to make the adjustments needed 
you know, to increase your knowledge, to help your perspective, to be able to get around those areas and become better. Because let's look at it this way. The whole point of this show, this podcast, this movement that we've been trying is to not only help ourselves to get better, but others to get better and then others to help others get better. That's the point of influence. It's to continue that steady growth. We don't want to uh, be satisfied whatsoever. You can be satisfied that you did well, but you can't be satisfied that you stay where you're at. That's that's a big problem. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Believe me, I understand. Yeah, sometimes you can't be satisfied. Like, yeah, it's great. You know, maybe you uh, yeah, it's great. I only do about two hours of work a day. That's awesome. But is it really? You can't be happy, you know, being stagnant like that. You got to challenge yourself. So you have to understand this isn't really what I want. And this is what I need to do. So, yeah. You know, it falls, you know, and that falls along the lines of, you know, the very next part of this whole thing of, you know, the challenge, how it challenges your assumptions. You know, uh, what you believe to be true is not always the truth. It's not always that way, you know. One of the best ways to tackle those limiting beliefs is to kind of step back, uh, debate it, and the validity of that belief. And that's what I mean by it. Like if if you are able to debate that and be like, okay, is that really a valid thought? Is that really a valid conversation? You may realize, you know what, that was just that was kind of dumb of me, and I probably shouldn't. Or um, I'm being too overcritical. Well, am I being too overcritical of myself? You know, and, and you have to think through, you know, so self-reflection, it, it allows you to kind of challenge your beliefs and assumptions that, that are kind of getting in your way of developing yourself. Oh, real quick. I have something for that. So I actually had these three soldiers, Hugh Pagan and Wallace, and I, I wanted to do everything myself. And, and so I let that get in the way of my development as a leader and as a like supervisor, because I would do stuff myself and they would sit in the office. And then finally I realized through some, a little reflection that, yeah, this is ridiculous. So I started giving them tasks and man, them three would get everything done in a timely manner with very little guidance. So this whole time I was doing it myself and I've got three stellar soldiers who are like, no, we can make it happen. You're just not giving it to us to do. And once I turned over those reins, then it was a whole different ball game. And now I'm supervising three soldiers instead of working harder than three soldiers. So, and when you were speaking, that's the first thing came to my mind was those three. Yeah. Well, and, and, and in general, if you think about it, how much more could get done if they're capable to do, you can bust those tasks up, one. Two, now it frees you up to kind of take care of more tasks. You, you basically just opened up the the arena to be able to basically produce be productive too often people will hang on to things because they don't they they don't know how to trust they can't do that self-reflection on all right i understand i may have been burnt before on this but that's not these two these three yeah. people these three people want to be able to do that and i've got to be able to understand and, and 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 say all right what am i capable of doing within this time frame what am i supposed to actually get done and what can i do uh, to help the organization even better. What, you know, what can I add to this? So now I bust up those areas for those three individuals. They're killing it. And because, and that's, and that's another thing you just, you just took something one person did. You, you generated a cost three to four people 
and now it takes less time. So now we can even do more stuff down the road. So it, I mean, that's a great point of view, man. I love that. Yeah. So let's get into uh, how to actually self-reflect. And we're going to go to like a step-by-step guide that actually Tracy gives us in this article. I really liked it. I loved what I read about it and it's going to help me further do things. Um, but so she has a, there's a process in here, but how to do is stop, look, listen, and act. All right. So stop. It's a, take a step back from life or a particular situation. You just, you kind of have to take that breather. Earlier, I mentioned about that one hour drive. You said your 30 minute drive. That's one way. Or it could be, you know what? I've got to, I've got to push away from the desk. I've got to go to lunch. I could sit down and I can reflect on things. Um, it could be, I take a walk, whatever. I have to get away from the situation for a moment or just get away from life for a moment because life's still going to happen no matter what I'm, I'm involved or not. And I can think about that situation. Not every single situation or every single uh, instance uh, has to be reflected upon, but it's good to create a habit of start reflecting more. You know, Then we look. So we identify and get perspective on what you notice and see. When you were dealing, when you decided to uh, allow those three soldiers to start taking on more tasks, what are the some of the um, the perspectives or the areas you noticed and you seen? Um, one of it was, you know, that they were they were bored, and then I, you know, I started looking around. And I go, uh, I'm pretty sure that I'm supposed to be in charge here. Why am I working so hard? And they're in here setting high scores on pinball on the windows. Um, but they, they just seem bored. And one of them used to tell me all the time, I'm high speed. Sergeant, just let me go. I'm high speed. Just let me go. And I just, I didn't let him go, but he was, you know? So some of those things was watching them. And then for me, it was like, okay, are you in charge? You know, when I sit and think about it, am I in charge or am I one of them? And, and, you know, in our military, we have a problem with that separation, we become sergeants, but we still kind of have that mentality of being a subordinate soldier. And that was the other thing is I was like, okay, I'm not a subordinate no more. So how do I fix this? Like I'm supposed to be the guy in charge or the gal in charge for somebody else. I was the guy in charge. I wasn't the gal in charge, but I was supposed to be the guy in charge. So right. yeah, no, that was some of the, the keys was when I'm coming in and out of office, sweating at Fort hood and you're in the office in the AC three of you, I'm like, Hmm something's not right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, the funny thing is you can actually, uh, you can, you can apply that to many things. It's not just, you know, the work that you can, you know, how I parent, you know, am I being a parent or am I being a friend? Well, to tell you the truth, you can kind of be a little bit of both. One takes primary, one takes alternate because if you're being a parent and you're parenting and, and you, you know, have discipline standards, things like that with the children, you can also do it in a manner that's not so, um, demeaning or so, I mean, uh, children, believe me, I got a, I, I got a eight year old and a six year old and they can be very persistent and you're like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Do this, you know, but with that, I can also talk to them in a manner that's a little bit more conducive to our relationship instead of, I say it in a way that makes them one of them uh, resent me, and then they, as they grow older, they won't want to talk to me so much. So it's you know it's like really looking at things, and it can be in relationships, friendships, it can be mm-hmm. in sporting events. You just have to really look at it. But we also have to listen to our inner self, like that inner moral compass. 
not only that moral and ethical compass, but also like our our brain's going to start uh, producing all kinds of like little thought bubbles or, or like just generalized thoughts. There's all those different thoughts. You may lose some of those. So sometimes it's also good to write them down, write down some different things. And that's actually one of the things I was going to get into a little bit later, but about journaling, you know, but if you create all these thought bubbles, you may want to write down all these different thoughts because what if not one, not two, maybe three of the five thoughts you have are going to be good solutions to use. But then the other two, well, they may work even further down the road. What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, we've talked about journaling, I think, on the emotional episode, uh, emotional intelligence episode, as well as, as a way for self-awareness. Yeah, we did. I, I think it's a good tool. It's not easy. But, you know, nowadays we got these phones and you have voice memos on your phone. And it's really... You know, I don't want to say it too loud because my phone's right here, but you, it's really just a matter of saying, hey, Siri, take a, you know, a voice message. And, and you can journal that way. While you're driving, Siri can ca- record your kind of self-reflection. And then maybe right before you walk into work, you play it back or something or, you know what I mean? So you, that's a way of journaling that could really probably be beneficial to you uh, and really, really, really help you with that reflection piece. Oh, that's, you know, that's a great idea because, you know, how many of us have, did I just hear Siri go off? Yes, you did just hear Siri go off. <laughs> well, uh, oh. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, but no, that's, that is, you know, I, cause I do it with Google too. Like you can tell it to take a memo or something. Mm-hmm. And so it's so much easier if, if I'm just, if I'm just taking a walk real quick I, and I have a thought. Instead of me trying to type it out or, you know, if I don't have something to write on, I can't write it out. I can do a quick voice memo. And, you know, I mean, yep. they're so they're so simple, so easy. Uh, I love that idea, man. That's a, that's great. And I'll probably start using it more. Uh, but now I, I actually got it because of you, because I do voice memos when I come up with ideas for the show. Oh, really? <laughs> so I have a bunch of voice memos on my phone about the show. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be driving, reflecting. And I'll come up with an idea for the show, and I'll say the the key phrase. We won't say again because I don't want her to come on. And I'll say, you know, take a voice memo, and then I'll say, what about doing instinctive influencers, persons of interest, as a weekly short? And I'll save it, you know? Yep, yep. But, yeah, just check those out. But let's let's move on. That process was stop, look, listen. The last part was act. Identify the steps you need to take to move forward, to adjust, uh, to create change, or to improve. You know, that is probably one of the tougher parts of it all. It's not stopping looking and listening, but it's actually acting upon that because sometimes we'll think, oh, well, you know, we'll think about it. Oh, this may not really work. Well, we've already created a self-doubt because we said that. Instead of actually act upon it, and then you can do another self-assessment. Because then you're 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 growing, and that's the most important thing about it. What do you say, brother? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's super important because the act is the hardest part, especially if it's not if it's if you're doing something new. You know, let's say for instance, listen, I'm not a big revolu- resolutioner guy, but this New Year's, my wife made a thing that she wanted to be a better um, active listener, and I want to listen to what she's saying about work. A lot of times she'll tell me about like what's going on at work and I just kind of like downplay it. So those are things we wanted to do. Well, I'm not used to it. So, you know, I may catch myself like downplaying it 
But then I got to think, okay, no, 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 that's not what I want to do. I need to act on what I want to do, you know, from, cause I realize it's a thing. Like I know I'm self aware of that. You know what I mean? So the act is the hard part because it may be something you haven't done. So you may have to do a reminder. I know when I was trying to quit, uh, what was I quitting that time? <laughs> no, when I was, um, Oh, when you play basketball, you know, you want to do the same thing every time you go to the foul line. That's what one of the first things they teach you, right? Well, one of the things I picked up, and it was probably from some NBA player, was to put a rubber band on your wrist. Oh, yeah. And I would pluck the rubber band. That shock would remind me to, you know, set your feet like this, bounce the ball twice, spin it, then shoot. It got me into that ritual because I've had that one reminder on how I wanted to act. And it helped with my self-awareness when I used to play basketball in my youth. <laughs> Man, I wish I'd have thought of that because I would have I wouldn't have been so goofy on the basketball court back in the day. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was I was just a big awkward ogre. On I've the, played uh, with you actually. Well, not I'm not saying when I'm older. I meant when I was younger. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So we just talked about you know the the stop, look, listen, and act, but what it is we need to reflect on. There's two main important areas. One is just you. The first thing is to reflect upon you. The second thing is really going to be about reflect on the areas of your life that are important to you. So there's you and then the areas of life that are important to you. And, and it may seem confusing, but as we get through this and go through this, you'll kind of see what we mean. You are what you want for your life. You know, this is like a self-awareness piece. We, uh, you'll talk, you know, we were talking about earlier, kind of like what it is, you want of your life is who you are. You know, uh, ancient philosophers from Aristotle to Socrates, um, they toted the uh, the benefits of knowing thyself. So if you know yourself, then you'll be able to you know make the the change from there. And so Tracy, she gives us some really good questions, and I want I want to hear your thought on some of these questions, uh, Ed. What are my unique gifts, skills, strengths, or talents? Hmm. That was, I, I don't think that one would be as difficult because a lot of people um, don't have a whole lot of, a lot of people don't have a lot of difficulty identifying what they believe is their strengths and their talents and stuff. It's that next one. That's the one that people have problem with. Oh yeah. What, what are the weaknesses or blind spots I need to watch out for? A lot of people cannot identify weaknesses in themselves. That's a difficulty. You know, and, and the thing is, is I think people can do it. They're just scared to sometimes. Like, for instance, let me get an idea. Um, two areas in the Army that I never liked to mess with. I, it's just something I, I never enjoyed. And so I've always felt like his weakness was uh, medical care. Okay. You know, be you know, doing like a first responder trying to be cuz I'm just not that good with it. And then uh nuclear biological chemical uh type re- situations, you know. So we used to call it NBC, now they call it seaburn. Um but basically those are the two areas I never felt comfortable with or I I felt like my knowledge was lacking on. So I knew I was avoiding those things because my, you know, and that right there to me, that's a that's like a big bright lights. Hey, these are your weaknesses, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So if you think about it, if somebody wants to start off with weaknesses, there is those areas in life where they absolutely know that they are they're just not good at. That helps you open up that doorway because you know those ones. 
And now we start we start evaluating. Okay, so I know I'm not good at this. Well, well, let me look at this other aspect of self. Am I really good at this? Well, yeah, I could say so. Or you know, uh, you know, earlier I said you know I have a skills and I have talents and strengths in this, but what about this over here? Oh no, I'm not so good at that. So I think I think you have to open the doorway. And then once the doorway's open, you're able to do a full assessment. But the problem is, is what we'll do is we will um, we will try to micro, like uh, I don't say micromanage, but like uh, pick apart like the micro pieces of what we don't think are good, and we don't, you know, let's. I say start big and then you dwindle it down. If you start small and dwindle it up and try to build it up, it's going to be a little more difficult. What would you say? Yeah, I don't. I struggle uh, so. I, I can identify some weaknesses in myself, but I'm not sharing those weaknesses. My wife knows because I'm very vulnerable to my wife. Like she understands I'm not, I can't hide it from her. I'm with her all the time. Right. But there's weaknesses that I have that I just, like, I, I, I've, I think I've shared one on the podcast maybe, but I kind of keep them to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, be, I guess it'd be more difficult for me to share my weaknesses. I can identify them. And I also usually, like if I identify something then as a weakness, then maybe I'm going to work on it, you know? Um, right. Try to study, research. This this is why the Google machine is a wonderful thing, and so is YouTube. Because you can really find ways to work on your weaknesses through those, those uh, te- technological advances. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, and the thing is that, and that's, that's, I guess, I guess what you just said there falls directly in line with the whole self-reflection because you don't have to share it with anyone. You just have to be aware of it for yourself and that's it because then you can start improving from there on self. Um, now, if it was a group setting and we're trying to pull apart, you know, the, the weaknesses of the you, you can't really do weaknesses of self in a group setting too, too much. I mean, you can if like like you're getting an evaluation or something and, and then uh, everybody's kind of like, you know, hitting you from each, every direction like we would do at the academy. But but really finding those weaknesses, it's really just about self because I think it rolls perfectly into the very next question of who do I want to be? You know, do I, who, who am I trying to be? Now, I, yeah, I'm trying to be Brian. You're trying to be Ed. But who am I actually trying to be? Am I trying to be a successful person in X, Y, Z, or am I trying to, who am I trying to be, um, um, the next Lance Armstrong of cycling, you know, I mean, which that totally won't ever happen, but (laughs) you know, who am I trying to be? And those weaknesses allow me to see, okay, well, I'm up here. I know my strengths and my, and I know all my strengths and, and, and unique talents I have. I know the weaknesses I have. So who am I trying to be with these in these areas? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, what energy do I want to bring to uh, everything I do? You know, so really those all play into each other. And if we can, and she has about, she has about 10 questions there that are really good. So like, if you wanted to, if you just wanted to kind of sit down and do a self-assessment, a five minutes, 10 minutes self-assessment, you know, you can pull up her article and you can hit those questions up and just kind of, you know, give some small answers here and there. And then you can go back the next day and you can evolve that. And you can do that through journaling or you can do it through voice memoing. You know, it just depends. Yeah. So what do you think, brother? Yeah, I think who who I want to, who do I want to be is pretty good. 
because I, let's talk about some of the interviews we've done, right? So Jeff Watts. So who Jeff Watts wanted to be when he entered the Army, who Jeff Watts was, you know, as a drill sergeant, who Jeff Watts wanted to be as he approached retirement, and who Jeff Watts wanted to be after retirement, not the same. None mm-hmm. of them are the same. But he no. he may have known, hey, I want to be – I want to be good at this thing. Yeah. But the thing itself changed. Same thing with Robert Roof and his partner, John. They wanted to be something at different stages. You know what I mean? So even with us in the military, we changed duty stations. So who do I want to be when I'm at Fort Campbell? Who do I want to be at this next uh, assignment in Korea or Germany or Fort Hood, Texas? So I think that that one's kind of interesting because it changes. Well, when you PCS, that's when you need to be able to do the self-reflection, right? Yeah, absolutely. You got to be able to do that self-reflection as you PCS. So who am I going to be at this next assignment? So I remember as a young sergeant PCSing for the first time. Now when I get there, they don't know specialist or they don't know me as a private. They know me as a sergeant coming in the door. So who do I want to be? as a sergeant and I was a much better sergeant when I went to the engineers at Fort drum than I was at Fort hood because I knew I had an advantage. Nobody knew me as, you know, as one of their battle buddies. Yeah. And and, you know, as soon as you started explaining that my brain started clicking into Simon Sinek, start with why, because (laughs) when you start with why you figure out who do you want to be? Right. So it's, it's just, it's funny. Uh, in the Jimmy Summer interview, um, I I talked to him and 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 then we get all the way to the end. And my last thing I talked to him about is is like, I see why you took this route of the of wanting to be a part of you know having a CrossFit gym and and all this is from the time he was young, he just wanted to help other people. That that I mean that led to him earning the Soldier's Medal in Iraq by saving those people that were in the burning building and and just he wanted to help others and that's all he's ever wanted to do so that's who he wanted to be he he wanted to be a, a helper of others or a, or a servant in a sense because you know the fact that he opened up a gym it's it didn't matter that you know it, obviously he needs some profits from the gym to survive and live yes but his passion with passing on uh physical fitness in an, in a different form was who he wanted to be. That's how he wanted to be identified. And and the crazy thing is he didn't identify that particular thing until he was almost well over halfway through his army career. So, you know, we look at that. Another another question on here that she talks about that helps us assess self, you know, is what is the impact or difference I want to make? How do I want to serve, contribute, or add value? Oh yeah. That that one to me. If, you know, we really wanted to say, okay, well, which one of these questions falls in line with the instinctive influencers motto? I'm going to tell you right now, that question is probably spot on of exactly where we want this project to go. And we would like to see our group to go and see the podcast to go. What is the impact or difference I want to make with this show? And that's it. So now I do my self-reflection. You do your self-reflection. What's the content I want to provide? How do, what do we want to talk about during this message? How do we want to provide that? You see what I'm saying? So we build off all that. And then how do I want to serve and contribute to add that value? So if you come up with a topic, how am I going to add value to that topic? 
I come up with a topic, you're going to think, well, how can I add value to the topic you come up with? What do you say, brother? Yeah, I like that one because, you know, I'm a big, uh, your legacy. So, you know, you talk about the army. What's my legacy going to be when I'm done with the military? What's my legacy? I like that as, and, and you know, what's the legacy of this podcast going to be? I, I like that. And it, that should be important to you because, you know, we've talked about the importance of, of bringing honor to your name and, and who you are, right? So your legacy is what does that for you as an influencer and as a, as a person, but you have to understand and you have to be realistic too, right? Like you, when you set any kind of goal or, you know, you definitely have to, let's be realistic what your impact can be, you know, but yeah, that's important. I always think that uh, on a new assignment, what, what can I do? Once you get settled and you're like, okay, I understand the job now. So now what is going to be my, um, what's going to be my thumbprint on this organization when I leave here that makes it better than it is today as I arrive. Yeah. You know, and, and let's take it. So let's take it. Uh, let's drive back and jump back into the podcast and whatnot and, and what we're doing with this. And this is just to give you an idea as an audience of where we're going with this. We've said it before. We say it a hundred times. We get nothing from the pod. I mean, we get no monetary value or anything like that. But I can tell you when I go into the hosting uh, website where I have to upload the podcast so it can distribute to all the different uh, listening platforms. When I go in there, one of the things that I see is how many downloads this show has had. In the first two weeks, two weeks of the show, we've had over 608 downloads. Two weeks of the show. First. Excellent. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Our goal that we've talked about is we want to try to hit 1,000 per month. So that's two weeks. So to me, I, the way it looks is we could hit that goal, you know? So how do I want, you know, and, and the reason is, is why do I want to hit a thousand? Is it because I just want more people to know who I am? No, it's, I want the message to spread because if the message spread and there's more conversation, what are we doing? We're creating influence we're doing things to create that more positive, um, upbringing or that positive attitude across other people, you know? If, if Jim listens to the show and he takes something from it and it's just one show and he shares it with Alice, now he may have influenced Alice and now Alice may take that and then say, you know, oh, well, let me hear what, he, I want to hear what he's talking about. She listens to it and then she shares it with five friends. Mm -hmm. That's influence. That's what we're getting at. We're not, we're not trying to do this because we just want to be like popular or be famous or anything. no, it's, it's the idea behind if we can help someone else become their better self, that's I'm meeting my mission. You know, let's think back the, uh, episode four, episode four was the suicide episode that that one to me was a really, that was an important episode. I'm glad we got it out early in uh, this podcast. Can you imagine if one person's life is saved because somebody heard that and could make adjustments in life? Wow. I mean, wow. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying, man? Like, I mean, that right there to me is like, that's it. Like, I, that was probably what I was trying, I, I wanted to try to do. And I think I know you wanted to try to do from the get go. We saved someone's life. Yeah. So, what do you think, brother? Yeah, I agree. If, oh, man. I mean, I don't even need to know. But just the thought that that one episode could 
be so like that's pow- that's power that's the power of that episode would be if one person just heard it, it was like i'm gonna i'm gonna contact one of these organizations i'm going to get some help to to get out the darkness man Wow, you really got me with that last piece. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, yeah, that last piece kind of made me just like zone out of everything else, man. Yeah, I didn't even but, think of that because you and you because you think of the bigger picture now. Yeah, you that's know? and yeah. that's and that's what I'm getting at. It's like we we're thinking big picture and then we're dwindling down. It's just like I said earlier. If you start with your your weaknesses as a big picture thing and you dwindle it down, then you get to those finite points. And you're like, wow, that really makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know. So let's have and, and let me let me reference one more. We had the episode about Roy Benavidez and how many times we talked in that about how Roy Benavidez was a true real American hero who needs to be known. There should be a movie about him. So let's say we get doing this podcast 2 3 years down the road, all of a sudden somebody may have heard that and then they pass it on to someone else. And then finally it reached somebody, you know, who's who wants to develop a good movie. And they are, you know what, this is just their guy. And they do a movie about it. Man, how powerful would that be to know that I don't need my name tag to it. I don't care. But I do what I do believe it is the fact that Roy Benavidez deserves that recognition. Yes. Yes. You know. The, my wife, we just talked about him uh, yesterday because she uh, she listened to it again and she she just said to me, she's like, I, he was so young when he passed, you know, and I was like, yeah, because he died of diabetes, you know, and, and really that's why the where the the the, the complications and breathing and the lungs came in was because the diabetes were you know was kicking his butt, you know, but and it's funny that how something something like diabetes took out somebody as strong and and just amazing as him. Um, but it's like, shouldn't other people know about him, you know? And I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just one of those things. These are the things that get in my brain that make me when I get, you know, I get up early in the morning to get on, get on the horn with you. And then we run this show, you know, we started this episode at seven o'clock this morning, you know, but I had to get up a few hours earlier to get everything prepped. You know, that's what makes me get up is to think that something could happen down the road. And that's why I mean, that's why I said that that comment or that question is probably pinnacle of this show, but could be for others also. Um, all right, Ed, let's, I just want to, there's two more there that I really want to pick upon and then we can kind of drop it down and go into the next section. One of them is, are there any beliefs that I have that are limiting me? Um, have you, have you ever thought about that? Like, you know, a, a particular belief you've had that limited you or, or be able to associate mm, to that? Yeah. I mean, so we have our, we have our biases. Everybody has biases of some sort. And so, yeah, there's probably some, you know, I mean, one big one I think of, and and it was the last time I was deployed with you is, you know, I have a, a bias against I just, if you're lazy and you're a complainer, I'd rather just ignore you and, and do the work myself, unfortunately, but I'm aware of it and I try not to, but that last time in Afghanistan, um, I, I had issues with it. And so did another one of the uh, sergeants that worked with me, Bub, uh, Bubby Wilson, same thing. Like uh, I just can't stand for somebody to do five minutes of work and 55 minutes of standing around every hour. You know what I mean? Uh, but, and, and it does, it does impact things because now I'm going to work twice as hard. I don't want to be bothered with you. 
you know, and, and same thing with the complaining thing. Some people complain just to co- hear their voice, but every once in a while, they're going to complain about something that's legit. And if I zone you out because you're a complainer, then I might miss that legit thing that really does need my attention. So that's one of the ones I really work on Yeah, is the complainer thing. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's a big, you know, um, I can definitely say that there's, there's an area that, um, I had a problem with this for quite a while and it took me a while to, you know, it's like, well, I don't see how people don't see this, you know, that type of, to me, that's a limiting belief or, uh, you know, an area that limited me because what I didn't do is I didn't take other people's perspectives, maybe how they were raised, how they, um, how they were taught to do things in the army or, you know, just the thought process. I didn't realize, you know, for instance, you get so younger soldiers who run into financial issues early in early in their career. And what we don't realize is in our mind, we think, oh, well, I don't see how they didn't know how to handle their bank account. Well, no one ever showed them what a bank account was. No one ever told them how to do this. And people will say, oh, well, they should just know. No, I'm sorry. You don't just know how to do things. You know, there's certain things that we are, you know, we talk about being instinctive, right? Instinctive influences. There are certain things that we know how to do because it's natural. Understanding how to run a bank account or how to run your finances and pay your bills and, and, to, and to create a budget is not natural. You have to learn it and then you employ it and then you keep you doing it over and over to make it repetitive. Create an instinct. And that's where we go about But Early on, I would have I would have those issues where I'm like, oh, I just don't understand how you don't think like this, you know. And I was like, wait a second, hold on, I need to back up, I need to self, I need to self reflect, because I think it's this way. That doesn't mean everyone else is going to think it's this way. And so that's that's where I follow. I I've fallen into that little trap, just like what you said, where you 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 know you would just ignore them and go on, you know. Yeah, no, that's I, and I I recognize and. And I have some non-body language too. So if you complain and and I really am not listening to you, apparently my eyebrows raised. I didn't know this until you know recently. Uh, and you also roll your eyes. Yeah. See, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a good thing. You right. know it. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and it's always it's um, it's usually your eyes will, your eyebrows go up. You roll your eyes and then you tilt your head back off either to the left or the right. Like, come on, you know, like that. And I'm like, yeah, I think Ed doesn't like believe them or something. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, the last question in this area about knowing self, um, that I think is very important because it builds upon all this is when am I at my best? When am I at my best? It could be situations. It could be time of the day. It'd be the mindset I'm in. So let's, and let's think about mindset. Are you at your best when you're um, feeling stressed um, and you're feeling uh, a lot of pressure or you're at your best when you, you have this aura of happiness? What would you say you are? Well, the former basketball player in me wants to say I'm a pressure performer. <laughs> um, but that's in basketball. Yeah. I'm talking about, let's say, it, let's say you're at work, right? And you have... You just found out it at seventeen hundred or, or five o'clock. You have five reports that are due, and it is four thirty, and you know you're not going to be able to get all those done by five o'clock. Do you think you're at your best? No, because my stress level is high, 
And I mean, honestly, there's no time to really stop. At least I believe there's no time to stop and take a breath. And yeah, my stress level is probably high. I'm probably wearing angry face, right? I'm no longer happy. I'm no longer <laughs> uh, happy face in it. And it changes who I am. So, you know, I'm, I'm a kind of happy kind of guy. I like to have a joke and a laugh here and there. But at that point, there's no laughing, no joking. It's straight serious business. And you're probably not getting the best product because I'm not going to have my heart and soul into it because I feel like, you know, if it was that important you to give it to me with enough notice to put my heart and soul in it. Yeah. You just did an amazing self-reflection on yourself on a situation and now you'll know how to adjust from it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You literally just did that. Yeah. And, and to my, to, and when I sit there and I thought about it, I was like, okay, well he says, I didn't have enough time. Well, how do I, how do I adjust my time? I can't really laugh and joke around because it'll get distracted. Well, how do I keep all distractions out? Um, what is it that needs, what is priority? What is not so much priority? Because if I do go over that time, that time frame, what needs to be turned in and versus the other one, I can just complete once, you know, to, to get things done, you know? And, and then the other thing is how do I convey, listen, I need the correct amount of time, appropriate time to get this task done. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to reflect on self there and to figure, okay, well, if I was doing this task, I would need X amount of hours or minutes or whatever. And because I did that self reflection, then I can approach that individual and say, all right, listen, I understand you had last minute thing or something happened, but next time I need you to allot me with an hour and a half and I'll be able to produce a better product to make us look as better as an organization. And I'm going to tell you, usually when you post things like that, people will tend to go with you because nothing, nothing's more important to making everyone look good. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And you know, I, I'm a professional procrastinator and I know it. So if I wait, so I did all my homework yesterday, which was, you know, awesome Friday, complete my homework. But if I had waited till Sunday, I still would have got it done. But then this way would have happened. That conversation. I told my wife, Hey, can you proofread this? It's not the best paper I've ever written, but it's good enough to turn in. If I tell her on Friday, Hey, can you proofread this paper? Um, you know, it's about this, this, this whole different. There's no negative part of that conversation because I didn't procrastinate. I'm not at the last minute. I'm not under that body of stress. Well, I know I'm a procrastinator. I just haven't figured out how to regulate it perfectly, but I'm getting better. <laughs> but you know what though? <clears throat> that right there in itself, you've done a self-reflection. You've probably done it multiple times too. Like, how do I not procrastinate? Yeah. You know, several but, Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that that to, like this Sunday is that one Sunday. Like, I'm not doing this again. Next Sunday, you're like, no, I really said I'm not going to do this again. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it, that's completely understandable too. I mean, I've done it myself. I I am a pressure person. Like, I love the stress of pressure to get a product done. Some people say they don't do really well. Me. You give me a product and you say, hey, listen, I need it in like 15 minutes. I don't know. It's something about that pressure. It just like, it's almost like I took pre-workout. I get jacked off of it, you know? <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. I guess that's why I like to be in the branch chief there for so long. We you take pre-workout to do work at work? No. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, I said the pressure is like taking pre-workout. I heard you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, we're going to jump in the, the next area really. So. We have to reflect upon you, self, 
but then we also have to be refle- be able to reflect up with self is errors areas of life that are important to us right so this might include you know relationships home family career health well-being finances goals spirituality you know personal growth fun and recreation you know i mean there's so many areas that it can that it can uh in you know encompass and maybe you're somebody where you're like you know what half those don't half those things don't uh, apply to me or maybe I have other things other than that and that's okay you know uh, there's a lot of life coaches out there um, that try to like they try to incorporate with people um, it's called the wheel of life uh, you can find it on Tracy's um, thing I'll make sure you know hey you'll you're gonna find it in the show notes but you can go to her article and there's actually a wheel of life on there and so each little area, she has specific, like, so she, she has an overall one, like, say, for instance, health. And then under health, it's physical fitness, nutrition, stress reduction, uh, medicine and healing, uh, mind-body wellness, and then healthy living. So you have little areas. So you're actually, it's almost like you, you start off with bigger topics, and then you brainstorm in each one of areas that are important to you, you know? Um, I think that, to me... It's healthy to think about that, and I'm going to talk about it further down uh, in the show, that goals are an important thing. By by looking at looking at what's important to me in the areas that I want to improve on in life through goals, that's a way of a self-assessment and using that you know, to help you adjust and make those needed adjustments to improve. Because we're talking about improvement, self-improvement, you know. Um, what do you think, uh? Yeah, I think, I think every one of those uh, areas that you talked about, like for areas that are important, every one of them should have a goal. Every single one of them, you should have some kind of goal to push you, even like, you know, personal growth. Okay, how can I, what do I want to do to become a better person? Like family, you know, I want to improve whatever in my family, how often it could be as simple as, you know, we both have uh, daughters that don't live with us. Like it could be as simple as talking to them more often. That's a goal. And, and you know, so for me, I know I don't talk to my daughter as often as I should because I really hate the phone. So I set an alarm on my phone that goes off. I have an alarm that goes off and says, hey, call, you know, call Kaya. That's a goal, though, to call more frequently. And honestly, she brought it to my attention. And that's when I was like, okay, I got to fix this. So you should have a goal in every one of those sections. Social life. Okay. I already told you I'm not a very sociable person normally, but that was a goal and I've gotten a lot better. I met a lot of people last year because I was more sociable. So yeah, I definitely think goals should be in every one of those categories. Absolutely. And, but so when you use that wheel though, you're able to kind of do that self-reflection in, in not only on, on, on like who you are, but also where you're going and where you want to go. Cause you know, earlier, you know, the, one of the questions was, is who do I want to be? Well, you think about it. If you ask that question in each one of those areas, so who do I want to be spiritually? Who do I want to be health wise? Who do I want to be at work? Who do I want to be in my social? You know, you keep going around that wheel. You're going to answer that question. 
Because every every time, I mean, because then you think about it, and you're like, okay, you know what? I really want to get to uh, be more a part of a, a church congregation, or I want to be more a part of my family's life by setting aside um, an hour for us to just to play games together, or you know, rec- or health wise, I want to make sure that at least five days a week I go to the gym for no lo- no less than thirty minutes, you know. So I'll, I will. I will create that. And, and to tell you the truth, once you start doing that, you actually create like a battle rhythm. Um, I, I know I've started doing that. Well, I've been doing it for years, but I, you know, obviously I readjust it, you know, different places I go, but you create that battle rhythm to, for improvement. And then you, you assess it and you say, well, let me improve more. Or I don't need to really do this anymore because my, my, uh, my goals aren't in line with that because that's also another thing. Sometimes people get in that rat race we talked about earlier on the treadmill, doing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do where they want to go, nothing. And but they're just still doing it because it's a norm for them, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, some things, you know, and, and I'm very, I'm a very creature of habit guy too. So I get into those battle rhythms, and there's things that some things I'm just. Is it super necessary? Maybe not, but it's part of my battle rhythm. And if I change my battle rhythm, then, you know, I'm an older guy who gets angry very easy over changes. I don't like, it could be as simple as if my wife moves my wallet from where I always put it. I get upset about that. Like I'm like, so (laughs) I'm such a battle rhythm habit guy. Like I'm telling you, (laughs) it's just, it's kind of weird, but yeah, no, but you need that battle rhythm, especially if you're, it helps you drive towards that goal. So I, I'm like you. I like to go to the gym. I'm a morning guy. And really, I'm not going to the gym for anything more than to delay father time long enough for me to finish my career. I mean, I am in my mid-40s, and I take zero medication. And I know That's amazing. People, yeah, I know people that are taking blood pressure, cholesterol medication already, like at this point. I'm really just holding father time off. He's undefeated. He's never lost yet. I just want to delay him long enough for me to finish my career healthy and live a healthy remainder of my life. So that's why I go to the gym at 430 every morning, like, well, five to six days a week. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Exactly. And so what we do is we, so we're we're getting back to the self-reflection thing. Uh, We talked about, we got to find out, we got to figure out you and then, that what's important to you, but then comes the important part. It's the actual self-reflection in itself. Now you'd probably say, well, wasn't that what I was doing earlier? No, yes and no. Cause you were identifying certain key areas and key, key uh, components of self and, 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 and what you found to be important. But now you have to reflect upon that. Um, and this is, this is really with that journaling comes into play. Um, and you know what? You brought it up earlier about with um, doing the audio ones. I think I'm going to test that out, you know, of audio journaling because uh, there's actually um, there was a uh, uh, an app that's out there that I thought about trying to use. I've downloaded and everything. I just haven't um, I haven't used it anything. It's called Day One journaling it's just called day one but you can actually do an audio you can speak into it and it'll it'll type it all out for you um so i'm thinking i'm going to try that just because i've got all these questions now all right so these we're i'm going to run through each question we're we're not we may not we're not going to answer we may talk about a little bit but i want to hit each question because i think these questions are important for you and 
I'm also going to post these particular questions in the show notes, okay? And, and it's going to say questions to ask yourself in self-reflection. And it's going to be, you know, one through, uh, you know, however many are there. I think there's three, six, seven questions, all right? These are questions you can ask yourself every day, every single day, either in the morning, the afternoon, whatever you need to. But I think you really could use these. So listen close. Here they are. How do I feel overall? about this area of my life on a scale of one to 10, how would I rate my levels of satisfaction and success? So that's question one right there. I mean, that's actually two questions in one, but that's question one. So you're giving yourself a rating right off the bat, all right? So you think about it, you contemplate it. Um, I would say that's probably a question you may wanna ask in the afternoon after accomplishing a day. Because maybe the next day, the next morning, you may not, it may not be as, you know, as self-aware of what yesterday was. So you can actually think about it towards the end of the day. What do you think about that? Yeah, again, honesty. You've got to be honest with yourself when you, when you do these things. You know what I mean? I, I was just thinking like some of these questions and the idea of journaling for you would be awesome, especially if you took over a company. Uh, on your next assignment, I think this would be a good way to develop yourself in that role. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 that's why, you know, when I said, because when you, so I bought, I bought a, um, it's like a planner journal type thing I've got and, and it's like high performance journal because I wanted to try to, I wanted to try something new. I'm just really bad about the writing part, right? So that's, that's like, that's one of the things like, I'll forget to do that. But if I had my phone right there and I click the button to do a recording to answer these questions, I know I'll do it fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's, the next question is what's working? What's not working? This falls right in line with what you exactly you just said is I have to be honest. What is working? What is not working? If I did X, Y, and Z, but X did not work out of X, Y, and Z, well, then that's not working. But Y and Z are. So I have to be able to say, yes, these are working. These are not working. All right. Next question. What do I want more of or less of? Okay. So what do I want more of? I want more time to do this. Well, now I have to do assessment. If I want more time, I have to go back and I have to do some planning. I have to do some time management to adjust and say, all right, so during this time frame, I will be able to accomplish this. Um, the guy uh, that I've trained to, to take over my job uh, there at the academy, I told him, he, I said, you know, I built this, this, I built this massive spreadsheet uh, in Excel, and it's a day-by-day of what you need to be doing to be able to be successful throughout the cycle. And it's, 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 it's all 22 days for each cycle. And in it, for instance, I know for a fact on a certain day, you should not be too busy um, doing other things. So you should be able to concentrate on building a new schedule. And I told him, I said, when you're at that point in your, in, you know, your daily duties, you need to block out time on your schedule that says, all right, I need these two hours or these three hours just to build the schedule and that's it. And then what you do is you send out those reminders to those key, your key people that uh, will always come see you. We call them seniors and say, listen, from this time to this time on this day, those are my, those are my uh, closed office hours. Please don't come bother me unless there's an emergency life limb or eyesight type situation. And I said, then you close your doors and you don't answer them. 
Even if somebody knocks, you don't answer them. And then you can accomplish that task. That That's one of those things I wish I would have done more of. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so as I've done this self-reflection, and Ed, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If I would have done that more, I probably could have been even a little bit more productive. Yeah, because, well, first of all, your office was a hallway initially, but everybody just comes in there. But that's also your own fault for making it so comfortable in there. You always have water and <laughs> someplace comfortable to sit. So some of it is your own... Uh, you might want to take ownership of. Oh, and oh, I agree. I'm not because yeah. I always felt it was rude not to listen to somebody if they want to come talk to me. I was like, oh crap, you know, I gotta listen again. But, but then again, it's it's setting aside the time though to do that, and that's why I explained it. All right, so let's move to the next question. What are my accomplishments, wins, successes? People often default to what's wrong or hasn't worked. It's just as, as important to focus on what's going right. So yeah. We can focus on what I'm not accomplishing, but we need to really be able to reflect upon what is working. What, what are we accomplishing? What are we doing right? Because from that, you can increase also. You don't have, you know, everybody's, you know, that idea of what's my strengths, what's my weaknesses. Well, I got to increase my weaknesses to make my you know, equal to my strengths. Well, then everything is going to be a strength. No, you constantly have to be improving everything. So I don't, I truly don't believe every time that, the weaknesses are going to equal the strengths ever if you're continuously improving. Would you say that? Yeah, I, I think it's important to, to recognize these things because this is how you build your win streaks, right? So let's think about us as facilitators. If I do something and it goes over well and the class is super involved, why would I not do that the next time? Well, I have to identify it right here during self-reflection that, you know, I noticed the, this class was more involved than the last time I taught this subject. Why? And then look at that so that you can build that win streak moving forward. It just makes you a better person when you can build win streaks. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Um, I would like to teach. I used to like to teach with my iPad, and I'd have my uh, the, the little Apple Pencil there. And so on my iPad, I have little notes to myself, like questions I want to ask. And if I notice, and this is, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, but if I notice a certain question really resonated with the group. And created a more uh, a better uh, dynamic discussion. I would highlight that one, but if I noticed one wasn't so, it just wasn't conducive to the the environment or the the topic. I would I would uh, do the line strike through it, so I knew that I would still have it there, so I understood. Because l- down the road, let's say let's say down the road, I forgot about that question, and then I at you know, and I forgot that that's not a good question to ask, and then I ask it again. I'm I'm just creating that rabbit hole again of creating problems instead i keep it there so i can be reminded of it you know what i mean yeah no that 100 percent makes sense because you don't want you know you want interaction and stuff so yeah that makes sense yeah absolutely so let's move next question or as they would say next question um next question (laughs) this question it's actually two different questions in one but what do i want what are my hopes or goals i mean that's I know it sounds broad, but what you do is you you have to base that off of those those specific areas that we talked about earlier. So we know ourselves, we know what's important to us. So I, now I know what's important to me. What do I want from that? What are my hopes and goals for that? And that's just that helps you lean forward to further develop that because if my hopes and goals are exactly where I'm at, well, are really are those are those my hopes and my goals? No, those are my standard right now, my hopes and goals need to be something beyond that to make, to improve, to be better. Right. Yeah. 
Absolutely, because nobody should have a hope and goal to stay stagnant. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't want to just stay in one position. One, mm-hmm. you know, you got challenges. I like challenges. Challenge yourself. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, though, it's it that falls in the 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 idea of learning in itself. If as soon as I stop learning, I'm really I I've I've stopped growing. No, you, you failed. That's what Hal Moore said. If you stop learning, yeah. you failed. You are, yeah, you're absolutely correct. And Hal is, he's on point with that. And those of you, we've talked about it before, the Hal Moore and Leadership book. If you haven't bought that to read yet, hey, get on it. Because I'm telling you, that guy has got some wisdom. Um, so let's move on to the next one. What am I grateful for? That's a question to ask yourself. What am I grateful for? Um, and it could be, you know, and, the thing is, is you don't just ask, what am I grateful for? And then you come off all this. No, you go back into those areas that we talked about. What am I grateful for in spirituality? What am I grateful for in health, work, social, development, recreational, family, life planning? And then you could even go further. Well, what am I grateful for in health in my physical fitness? I mean, you can really dwindle these down. And now, you know, in t- tomorrow, I might say, well, what am I grateful for in my work and career planning? Those are simple questions you can ask yourself to help make an assessment and further improve. All right. And last question in this, and this is last you know, question. <laughs> last question. But the, you know, these just smooth few small questions. I really believe each one of you out there listening can use this for your own journaling purposes to for self improvement and self reflection. All right. How would I improve this area of my life? What actions can I take? How will I improve this area of my life and what actions can I take? That one right there, it you you kind of take the other questions to build that one. Or the, the the other you take the other answers for the other questions to build the answer for that one. Because you're gonna look at that and you're gonna say, all right, well, I talked about up here this, this, and this. So how can I improve and what are those actions I need to take? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think that I actually think by the time you even get to this one, you've answered that question somewhere else. You know what I mean? So when you're talking about what's working, no, you're right. yeah, what's working, what's not working, you're going to say, okay, well, that's working. So what do I need to do to make sure that that continues to work? So you're going to answer it. It's very important though, because, you know, it's, it's great to identify stuff, uh, good and bad, but you need to identify how to maintain the good and how to overcome the bad. So that's basically, uh, this is probably one of the more important ones. It is. And you're, and you're so correct on that. You want you, once you get all those answers, you probably take all those answers and form a sentence with them. And that's the answer for that. <laughs> it, it most likely is. Yeah. All right. So those are those questions. Hey, they're going to be in the show notes. I'm going to make sure of it because I think those are key for proper self-reflection. All right. When, to self-reflect. When do you think it's important to self-reflect, uh, Ed? Uh, I don't know. Maybe after something important, uh, an important event or something like that. Um, for me, you know, I like to do it in the mornings daily. Uh, just briefly. You can't get too elaborate on a daily thing, but something like that or, or you know, um, or maybe maybe – you know, I, I, my birthday, I usually come up with something and say, okay, you know, I'm another year older. Here I am. And what's next? Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so she gives us in this article, she gives us different areas. And I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with any of them. I think they're all 
like right on track of exactly when you should. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to say daily is one of those things where you can, if you can do it daily in some form or fashion, and I will tell you, um, I'm going to try to do this, this particular thing daily. Cause Michelle and I have already talked about it. That was like, that's one of our goals for the year. And it's funny. I say that cause it says new years. She says new years is one of the times you should try to do this reflection so you can build new goals, new intentions, new desires. Um, I don't like the idea of resolutions because to me it's like, <laughs> no, I want to build a goal because a goal that has a desired end state. And I'm going to, I'm going to create small, um, uh, waypoints as we call it to meet that goal. All right. Um, but I think daily is probably the most, is the most key, but at the same time, you also may want to do weekly and monthly, you know, to see, okay, overall this month or overall this week, um, that, that particular planner that I got, um, that I have that I can write things out is done like that. Like you can, you know, you have weekly and monthly reviews you also do. So that helps out. Um, milestones, like I have a particular goal in mind. I set milestones throughout that goal to meet that goal. So doing those self-reflections at those peak points or those particular points, you know, hitting those milestones, hit that goal. That's really big. We do it. And we talked about earlier, AAR. Yeah. And after action review is usually done after any major event. Yeah. So she talks about here after an event. I mean, throughout your career, Ed, you've done multiple, and I know you've done tons of AARs. Have you ever thought to yourself, well, that was the most useless thing ever? Uh, I've been to one where it was, I wasn't part of the appropriate audience. It was too high of a level at that point. Like I was a newer soldier and it was kind of like they were speaking over your head. So you kind of get lost in it. Then you're like, I don't know what you're speaking about. You're using all these acronyms. I have no idea what it means. Right. But for the most part, no. And you can always learn something. I mean, there's a lot of generic comments people give. Uh, your motivation was good. Like, you know, but there's also better stuff out there. No, there is. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't, I don't think every AAR is for every audience. You know what I mean? Like, so you have to have a different type of audience for different types of AARs because, um, you know, uh, sometimes it is, it's too many echelons above or it's too, it isn't. I don't like to say it's too many below because we should be involved as much as possible. But sometimes, you know, an AAR amongst a, a certain peer group, we as seniors probably shouldn't be involved in that because maybe it's something that um, involves me, you know, and they're trying to adjust to whatever, you know. So, but I think AARs are very important. That's why I say after an event is a great time um, to do that self-reflection. But if you don't do it daily, you don't do it weekly, you don't do it monthly, you don't do it for New Year's or milestones, or you don't do it for for a specific event, I would say that her very last bullet here is that is the most important, a must. You have to do it. You have to self-reflect. I'm not saying you could. I am telling you right now, listeners, if you are, are what this bullet is about, what I'm about to read, what it says, You have to do a self-reflect, okay? So here it is. When you're off track, and it says, whenever you feel like you're off track, you're unhappy, you're stressed, or demotivated, it's time to take a step back, reflect, and regroup. And the reason I said you have to on this is because that you're you're at at a, um, a pivot point. Either you're going up or you're going down. And doing that self-reflection in most cases is going to create a pivot up 
You're going to have an uptick. You're going to be able to, you're going to be able to improve from that and move on. In most cases, would you say the same, Ed? Yeah, I think that you know you have to you have to do it. I think that um, yeah, you need that pivot point, and and it's how you improve, right? It's how you're going to move forward. You're going to use these um, these tips, and when you're off track, you just need sometimes you just need that focus. You just need to. You know, a tractor beam, bring it back online, and then you can continue on. <laughs> you, know, you can continue on the yeah. task. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's why I say because that's the whole point. You know, of good self reflection, especially as an influencer, though. You know, I mean, if you're an influencer, or, or you're trying to be a better influencer on others around you, because that's the whole point behind it. If you're off track, they're going to notice. And are you really going, I mean, just give them a little bit of time. People are going to notice. And then they're not going to take your advice. They're not going to take your suggestions. They're not going to take your direction. You're no longer an influencer to them. But you, well, you know what? I can't even say it that way. You are an influencer. You're a negative influencer and they don't want any part of you. Yeah. We really got to focus on that. All right. So last bit before we end the show, um, she talks about this, you know, specific things dealing with uh, self-reflection. One. If you don't have a journal, get a journal. Um, like I said, there's that day one journal on. on it's I, I think you can get it on the um, through the, your uh, Apple phone, your iPhones, or Android devices. Um, I know I have it on my Android device, but that's a really good one because you can actually just talk into it to do your journaling, which is nice. I mean, hey, why not? And it'll it'll kind of type it all out for you. Um, another key thing: scheduling time. Uh, if you're going to do the actual journal, schedule that time. Ed, if I asked you, when is the best time for you to journal throughout the day? When would you say? It should be towards the end of the day. So, you know, one for you. Yeah. For me, it's probably the end of the day. So one thing I have, I have my phone program to, to stop letting me access apps at a certain time in the evening. Now I can override it obviously, but you know, with the iPhone, I can cut off. So and that's because I need my wind down time. So I need to read, to relax, to get ready for bed. So why not take a few minutes, jot something down in the journal. You can do it on your phone, as I had said before. And that covers, then you, you've you got a picture of the whole day that you just had. I mean, you could do the next morning too. Like I could do it on the way from the gym or something. But I think in my world, it would work better in that time frame because I have about an hour and a half before I actually go to sleep. where the phone is off. The only other time I touch my phone after that is to adjust the alarm. Right. So that's perfect. And you know, yeah. And, and, and to me, I think that sounds good for me also. Um, one thing I'm going to add is I actually want to try to do them in the morning just before I start my workout. Um, but it's a journaling of expectations for the day. So a self-reflection of my expectations for my day and how my day, okay, how do I want my day to go? I want to be able to accomplish X. I would like to take, you know, yesterday, I know I said I was at a, a two in this area. I want to take that to a four today. How do I do that? Right. So I'm creating a momentum of progress. And then at the end of the day, because I said that in the morning, now I can look at it and say, well, did I really reach that? Did I hit those goals? Did I hit that, that idea? And that's it. Um, the next area was, is accountability. You know, accountability is really important. Uh, that's part of the reason why we started the Facebook group. It's not just to reach out to each other, but also we can help each other, hold each other accountable. You know, when the new year started, the question that was put up was what are your goals and why for the year? 
And it's not just because, oh, well, we just want to see what everybody's saying. No, it's so then I can go back uh, four months into the year in April and say, hey, Ed, I saw you put this. How's that goal going for you? And then he can, well, I, I, I've, I crushed it. Or, oh, you know what? I really haven't met it yet. And then I can help him be more accountable for his goals and vice versa. He can do the same for me. Um, be a part of a group. Have a particular friend. Um, Ed was... He's been confident for quite a while when he was here in the States. He still is while he's away. Um, and then the bearded ninja, Rick Williams, he's like he's like my unpaid therapist. I've said it before multiple times. Like I'll sit down and talk to him, and I feel like I'm held accountable when I talk to him. Do you have anything like that yourself, you think, Ed? Um, you. <laughs> uh, you know. No. Yeah, well, I faced a little challenge this week, and, and you know, I knew that when I discussed it with you, sometimes you'll – You'll bring me back. Uh, you're like my tractor beam. You'll refocus me, redirect me, and keep me moving. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, to tell you the truth, I'm honored to be a, a part of your life like that, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's just, but it's nice to have that accountability. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just, it really feels good. All right. Um, and then we're gonna hit the, the very last one. Um, uh, because this is something that you've done, Ed. You said you've tried to do, and I'm curious to see where you're going on it's meditating uh yes so how how is how's that going yes. for you meditate you know what you do you become a little more aware of things um I'm trying to think how to really describe it because it really tells you to concentrate a lot of it is concentrating on your breathing and picture the feeling of the breath entering at the tip of your nose and all this stuff but when you do it it really clears out your mind and it and it kind of calms you a bit. So, you know, maybe I do it a lot, right? When I get to work, not the ideal situation or, but I'll do it in the car before I go into work to prep for the day. And it just gets you very grounded and helps you to just kind of focus. All right, I got to go here. And I'm going to tell you this time, times that I'll be doing it and stuff will pop my head. I'll be like, oh yeah, I do have to do that today. So it's helped. It's, it's, it's not bad. I've actually been wanting to try. Um, I know Mark Devine, he talks about it. Um, you know, he's the, he's the, uh, he has the book, the way of the seal, I want to say, and he talks about a lot and he's, he talks about how, how beneficial it's become. So I've been wanting to kind of, I know how to use it. Um, I did the box breathing one where you, you know, four seconds, breathe in four seconds, hold it yep. four seconds, breathe out four seconds, hold it. And, and I found that doing that, like I done it a couple, I've t- done that a couple of times when I, f- I felt stress when I didn't want to feel stress and I felt a little bit of ease. So that helped me out. But sometimes the meditation can also be where we think a little bit about things and, and just kind of just relax. There's nothing going on. I like the soft music sometimes in the background, but, um, so with that, this is probably Ed, I would have to say, this is probably our longest episode yet. I would a hundred percent agree with you on that. <laughs> this is, we're looking at two hours, bro. Yeah. <laughs> insane i mean i hope people stuck around towards the end oh i do too to find out to find out if they won that new car (laughs) a new car (laughs) a new car no we're just joking there's no such thing we had no contest like that all right um so want to leave you with final thought and your task for this episode all right so final thoughts are reflection it is very crucial for you to use it, especially when you're in your lowest point or you're feeling demotivated or you just aren't, 
You know, you're not in your rhythm to be able to get things done. Do that. That is very important. But at the same time, if you are not, what's hurting you? Remember my remember when I talk about there's the empty bowls. One bowl says, How will it help me? The other bowl on the label, it says, How will it hurt me? How will this you know, self-reflection help you or hurt you? I think it's going to fill up the help you bowl before it'll fill up the hurt you bowl. So let's make sure we do that. <laughs> today's task. Today's task is this. How is self-reflection going to improve your life if you utilize it? How is self-reflection going to help your life if you utilize it? Ed, do you have anything for the audience, buddy? No, I'd t- I'm going to tell them I would recommend the po- the uh, meditation thing. Just give it a shot. You know, um, There's books you can find on Amazon that are free. There's uh, apps. I think Sam Harris gives you like five days free. But it only takes like five minutes a day, honestly. And you will feel a little bit refreshed and ready for the vigors of your day. Yeah, there's, a, um, there's also another app called Calm. Um, actually, um, my wife's cousin's husband, he showed it to me. And on there, um, it's got Matthew McConaughey reading like some type of, <laughs> and he says, he's like, his voice is like liquid caramel. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he said to me. Um, it's it's uh, Derek Crabtree from the Top 10 Teaching Podcast. Oh. <laughs> he's the one that told me about it. But it, but I actually, you should check it out. Audience, you want to check it out. Calm is really cool because there, I mean, it's. I mean, there's a paid-for version and a free version, but it's just like, it's soothing. So, um, But with that, hey, listen, self-reflection. We want to hear what you think about it, but tell us, you know, what you, you know, you know, answer that task for this week. With that, we're going to end the show. I am Brian. I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>